TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Well, well, welcome back into the Chair Shot Radio Sunday edition with your good friends Patrick O'Dowd and David Ungar. Dave, how are you doing on this fine kayfabe Sunday morning? <laughs> on this fine kayfabe Sunday morning, doing all right. Sipping some coffee. It's still too early for alcohol, that sort of thing. Uh, we'll save that for bandwagon nerds, I guess. Right. We're going to have a challenge. We're going to have a challenging day talking about hockey today because really what hockey's being played, but, but, um, yeah, that's right, folks. You're in for your, your daily dose, uh, your Sunday dose of, uh, hockey talk with David Patrick. We're going to bring, we're, we got our UT, your team sucks edition with, uh, with the New York Knickerbockers this week, which I'm, I'm looking forward to. But before we get into all of that, of course, you are listening to ChairShot Radio here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Always use your head. Sports entertainment, sports entertainment. And before we get into all of all of our usual stuff, dude, I did want to talk to you about my day and just reflect a little bit. So I started the day, I watched a classic, and Bandwagon Nerds fans, you'll probably remember this from the 80s project, one of the top comedies of the 80s, I think, in our rankings. I watched Better Off Dead today for the first time in a long time with John Cusack. Do you, do you not remember this movie? It, um, it wasn't like on everybody's list, but I know it appeared on a couple people's lists, so yes. But yeah, I, maybe, I, maybe it's an honorable mention. I think it's been, it's been discussed a few times, and, and it's definitely one that I want to check out. I'm not sure I've seen it in a very long wait, time. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa. Say that again? I'm not sure if I've seen it, Pat. I, I'd have to whoa, watch it again because I don't whoa, remember. Whoa. Dude, that is criminal. <laughs> John Cusack racing the K-12, man. Oh, my gosh. It's it's everything that's bad about 80s comedy from that era. Okay, like, is this the one with the Asian guys next to him in the car who are like, yes, okay, all right. The, the yes. drag race. Yes, and okay. the, the one of, only one of them speaks English, and he learned right. it by watching the wild, wide world of sports that's and right. quote out himself. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my gosh. John Cusack plays the completely emotionally stunted high school dude who's so tortured over his girlfriend breaking up with him that he keeps trying to commit suicide, but then backing out of it and is rescued by the French Ford exchange student Monique, who is like the most together character of the whole deal. And is one of the two guys with the two Asian guys. Isn't that chosen from Cobra Kai? Isn't he one of them? All right. It's, cho- it's chosen from the Karate Kid Part 2, and then later Cobra Kai. He also is in one of my other favorite 80s comedies, Real Genius. He is a student in Real Genius, and uh, he only has, like, one line. Like, Val Kilmer takes them to the beautician party, the beautician school party, and his whole line is, 
they're beauticians and he's stunned that they're going to be around women and have the chance to have sex because here's what, here's what I learned out of rewatching better off dead and what we thought about people in the eighties is nerds should stay with their own kind. Cause there's a nerd character who is trying to, to get with the foreign exchange student cause she lives in their house and the house is so terrible. She pretends like she doesn't speak English and at the end of the movie, he finds his nerd true love. And it's a, it's a it's a nerdy girl who looks just like him with terrible hair and braces and glasses because that's that was acceptable. Even literally the end credits have a bit where it's just jock number one, jock number two, jock number three, followed by nerd number one, nerd number two. <laughs> nerd number three. It is so bad. So 80s. And yet it's hilarious. There's a psychotic paper boy who chases John Cusack throughout the whole movie because the family owes him $2 for the subscription to the newspaper. And he, he just wants his $2. It's both hilarious and terrifying at the same time. I can't believe it took that much to remind you of that movie, man. I'm getting old, Pat. But here's the suggestion. Once Greg and I are done running the table on the Ocean's Saga, which continues this week with Ocean's 8, we should do better off dead for your return of the nerd review. Well, we can't. We got monster movies to cover, oh, so it's going to be a little bit. All right, we got we got work to do. You you put out a schedule, sir. And I did. Now we're doing like we're doing like this darker timeline thing where we're just following continuities. So good stuff. But and Dave mentioned the nerd review. That's uh, that's every every Thursday, sometimes Friday. Are, are you uh, drop are you, on the chairshot.com. Are you proud of me for consistently being the East German judge this whole time? Well, it's you're you're kind of stuck in a place where you can't help it because that's like it's Greg's favorite everything. Like he's already rose-colored glasses on the films just because he loves that franchise so much that even if you were to even if he were to be honest, like his lowest rating is going to be low is going to be higher than your lowest rating because right. you don't have a preconceived bias. Like Ocean 8 Ocean's 8 I don't think is that good. I, I haven't seen that one, so I'm I'm kind of curious as to it. But I mean, yeah, Greg's analysis of the oceans, all three movies so far, has been like, I read it and I'm just like, wow, I, I didn't even think yeah, about going of, that deep into it. But okay, I, I see what you're saying. But yeah, it's you his can, passion. You could tell passion. he loves he loves that series for good reason. It's a hell of a series. It really is. So. Yeah, read the nerd review. It's really good stuff. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I appreciate the break. Uh, the I, Full disclosure, I, well, I'm going to be very terrible on talking about hockey as it is because I haven't had a chance to watch anything. Work has been hell. Is anybody playing? Hell. Uh, the St. Louis Blues are apparently playing the Phoenix Coyotes for the next year. Like that's, that seems to be it. Like they're, they're in the midst of a six game swing. And since we're going into the hockey, let's, let's just get right to it. Let, let, let me play the little sound bite and then we'll do to it. Make somebody's head bleed. I'm on playoffs. I'm going to make Wayne Gretzky's head bleed for a super fan number 99 over here. And with that, let's get into it. Everybody's canceled. So <laughs> that, that I think is, is, is where we can start. I was just looking at uh, I was looking at CBS Sports. So the Devils, the Sabers, and the Wild all have now postponed multiple games. And I apologize in advance for when CBS does its auto video thing and I don't stop it. God, look, New Jersey still hasn't even got to double digits in games played. <laughs> They're at nine. It's ridiculous. Well, and it's it's to the point now where I'm sitting here and I'm looking at 
the NHL, they have, they've had to change their COVID-19 protocols because of all, like, because of these outbreaks, like they're changing their, their major decision just to, to kind of go through this. They're going to remove the glass behind team benches, which will temporarily allow, temporarily allow, well, I, apparently they think it's going to allow better airflow in an arena, it, which is weird because you're in this big open space arena with barely anybody in it. And they're saying that the plexiglass around the bench is causing is contributing to the outbreak. And I'm not a scientist. I don't know, but it just, that seems like, that seems like COVID prevention theater, you know, <laughs> it sounds like bullshit to me is what it is. Right. Yeah. Like, and this, this is a real thing I've heard about, like, or that I've read about is that, you know, some of the things that are happening to kind of quote unquote, prevent COVID-19 spread really is it's, it's for show. It's not really something that's truly effective. And so I question whether or not changing the benches, you know, getting rid of the glass is going to make a difference. The NBA is so much different uh, or not the NBA. Sorry. The NBA kind of keeps their, their bench set up the same, but college basketball, I've seen this a lot where they spread the chairs out for the bench players. Have you seen this where it's like you maybe only have four people in the front row and then another row, like it's three rows of people. I think maybe the NBA did do that. I can't, I don't watch the NBA as closely. Do you know? No, I, I, I mean, just, I, I know that they're, that, I mean, they've had some issues. Like I know the wizards had a big problem with theirs, but they don't right. seem to be uh, having as many problems as the NHL is right now. And I'm not sure why that is. All right. And then the other one, this is the other one that I, uh, the other change that they're making is just kind of, again, I don't know if it really whoop de doo what does it all mean? Players and coaches will also be barred from arriving to games prior to one hour and 45 minutes before the puck drops. Like what? And all meetings now have to be conducted virtually, even if they're game day meetings. So, like, what does that prevent? the, and the exception for the arrival floor is the is injury treatment. None of it makes sense. I mean, sooner or later, okay, we're going to keep everybody separated, but you still got to play the games and everybody's going to be together there anyway. So how do you, if somebody's positive and, and, and can transmit it, it's going to happen sooner or later. All you're doing is delaying the inevitable. So all this stuff doesn't really matter. Right. Like, I mean, there's virtually so- no chance that the NHL completes its season when they want it to zero at this point. I, 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 the way it's going, no, not at all. And that's unfortunate. I mean, I'm okay with, as long as they get it done eventually, but you know, on on the positive side of things though, your blues are in first place, man. Technically, but they dropped three straight to Phoenix before winning yesterday. Like in this six game stretch where they, Oh, see, there it is. I knew it was coming. I was waiting for an automatic video to run there. So apologies there to the, to the fans, but you Patrick O'Dowd caught it fast. Patrick O'Dowd makes a, a technical snafu drink. Pull the Greg DeMarco. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like I'm happy we're in first. I'm still not convinced we're a first place division leading team because we sleepwalk through teams. We had, a, we had three home games against the coyotes and we lost all three gave up a goal with 0.6 seconds in one of them and then blew the shootout. Like, 
want want to be happier about like I'm happy that they're successful and I'm happy they're doing okay, but I want to be happier. And right now I'm just annoyed because I feel like they should be better than what they are. And they, they, they're just not showing it on the ice. You know what I mean? And we've got some injuries now, like some people are hurt and uh, that that's got me worried as well. You're, you're laboring in third there. Your, your caps, the Bruins just keep going, dude. They are on a five game winning streak and a 10 point streak. Like they're just ridiculous right now. And and again, completely wrong about the Bruins. Yeah. Ever since they came back and beat the caps, it's been just shit storm for the caps. They've been on a run. They've been on a run and the caps went the opposite direction. And I, you know, the loss to Philadelphia right before, you know, everything got canceled because the flyers had an outbreak and Buffalo's had an outbreak, of course. Um, Yeah. That game against Philly. I mean, when you get two goals from Ovi on Super Bowl Sunday, and you still lose seven to four and you blow a two goal lead and multiple other single. I mean, I think right now for the caps before we talk about, you know, I mean, the Bruins are the Bruins and the flyers are good right now. It's the first time that you really, the capitals are really feeling the loss of Henrik Lundqvist because he would have stabilized yeah. a lot of this shit and Vanacek. Like, I think I mentioned it last week. They're running this kid into the ground and it's caught up to them and they, the they, they need to get Samsonov back in. He's their number one goalie. This break is good because they'll get him and Kuznetsov back. So the Caps should be back to full strength. I'm not sold on this team at all, <laughs> to be honest with you, Pat. Right. I'm really not. It I does warm my heart. It warms my heart, though, to see Pittsburgh technically below the line of death right now in the Mass Mutual East Division. But then the Caps have to play them tomorrow and the Penguins will score points there because the Caps can't beat. Them. Right. You know what I was going to bring back from last week in our conversation? You talked about how, or this actually came out of bandwagon nerds. We talked about it a little bit on chair shot radio last week, but it's, uh, I, I low key don't, I, I low key hate Alex Ovechkin and I, I totally love Sid the kid. Why? He's so good. He's so good. And he's so fun to watch or he was so fun to watch. Like he's different now. He's lost his step, but like well, when he have. came on the scene, what's that? They both have. I mean, right. Ovi and when, Sid when both lost. Sidney Crosby, you can't deny that. I mean, when both of them burst onto the scene, they were great. Part of it is that I have a friend who actually lives out in Arizona. Her name is Dawn. Good, good egg. She's she loved Alex Ovechkin. She's a she she caps were like her de facto team, and she used to. Anytime we would talk about hockey, she would talk about Alex Ovechkin and how he had to stand in line for bread to get food when he was living in, you know, in his native land. And I'm like, okay, I get it. He's poor. He ain't poor now. Maybe he should get some, you know, something to, for the front teeth that he runs around smiling gap tooth all the time. That's, that's I, I just a love signature. how he played. Yeah, I know. I just love how he plays the game. I think he's so much fun. And he was, when he burst onto the speed scene and it was like between him and Ovechkin, part of it was because of my insufferable friend Don always talking about Alex Ovechkin and bloodlines that I, that I took to Sid the kid in his life privilege. Oh, well, let me, I mean, it had to make you feel well, were you repulsed when Alex finally broke through and won the cup or were you happy for him? No, I was fine with, I was fine with Ovechkin winning a cup. Like I, I didn't loathe him that much. Like it's, it's a low key loathing. It's not like I don't hate him with the fiery passion of a dozen sons. Like I do say Steve Eiserman. Yeah. Eiserman, um, Sergei Fedorov. Man, back though, though that yeah. actually that whole that whole Red Wings era when they just net fucking Scotty Bowman like 
those teams that just always won and then took all my players. Like they took Shanahan away from me. They took all my, uh, and they would just reload. Like, remember, like there was a period where the Detroit Red Wings would just take every superstar that wanted to win a cup and help them win a cup. Chris Chelios, I think got one with them. If I'm not mistaken, Shanahan got one. And that that team eventually became the Dallas Stars as they started taking my teams away from me after Detroit sort of went on its retreat. But yeah, I just uh, don't I don't like them. I mean, my thing about Sid and, and Alex is, I mean, just briefly, I think Ovechkin is a better pure goal scorer than Sid is. Right. Absolutely. As far as a better team player, even with that one Stanley Cup that Alex got, I still think Sid makes everybody around him better. Because you look at what the Penguins have accomplished. You look at what Canada, Team Canada, did in the right. Olympics. And a lot of that was Sidney Crosby. So he is a consummate team player. And I think Alex has learned a great deal from playing against Sid for all these years and what it takes to get a team over the hump. Now he's going to have to have a challenge this year. You're the captain, and you're still producing. And he, you know, I saw it against Philadelphia. Yeah, he can still score. But my, my hatred for it, – it's very similar to like my hatred for Roger Staubach. Danny White, you know, anybody on the Tony Dorsett, anybody on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, okay, it's okay. So it's it's a rivalry thing. I, I get it. It is. It is. I all mean, right. I, I respect him immensely. I think Sid's one of the best of all time. You know, I put him top 10 of all time, sure. Uh, he's but, up there, yeah. Yeah, he's not Gretzky, but he's up there. But uh, Nobody's Gretzky. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I did want to say one thing, man. Your preseason pick in the Canadian division, the North division, Toronto Maple Leafs are not far behind the Boston Bruins. Meanwhile, my pick Vancouver ain't going anywhere this year. (laughs) Right. It ain't looking good. Before we get off the hockey talk and take our our commercial break, I did want to point out, there's a great article on CBS sports right now where uh, whoever wrote it, I can, let me see. I'll I'll give credit here for a second. Um, Pete Blackburn, who does like the NHL power rankings, he this week wrote one good thing about every single team in the NHL. So even if you're in last place and you want to feel better about yourself, you can go over here and Blackburn, even the Senators, actually, funny story, the Senators the Senators is the one that he does. It says error, 404 not found. That's hilarious. Great, great stuff. So Where is Ottawa? Get over to see us. Yeah, get over to Oh, yeah, they're bad. They're two. They're two and twelve. Like they're awful. Before we so, before we bail, though, I did want to mention the one division we haven't talked about, the Central Division. The team you despise, the Chicago Blackhawks, have actually been playing yeah, very well lately. They have. They're. Uh, yeah, I mean they're they're still they're still uh, just a game over five hundred. They're in fifth, but yeah, they're they're playing some pretty good hockey, and that's I that's the ebb and flow. They lost their their last game. They did lose. But their last ten, they're five, two, and three, so they're doing something right. Yeah. And uh, they're surprised. Still a ways to go if this season finishes, right? <laughs> I figure August will be done. It'll be like last year; they'll get done in maybe a little bit earlier, July. I mean, right well, now, I don't know what are they talking about bringing? Are, are your are the kids back on school in your campus now, Pat? Yeah, that's a horrible thing that. Uh, we, cause we, I, I talked about this a We had a significant, we brought it back and now there's a big outbreak that was so bad that we had to pause all athletics for two weeks. Um, I read the CDC's imploring the K through 12 schools to reopen safely. They think we've got it figured out. We can, we can protect the kids. And I'm like, right. 
man, I just don't know about that. Well, and not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I think a K through 12 experience is much more controllable than a, you know, research one public institution with 5,000 students living in dormitories where, where, where you can't monitor what they're doing outside of the classroom. And that's really what the problem is, is that it's what they're doing in their downtime amongst each other. They know about these protocols. They know what the universities ask them to do and they're just not doing it. So that's neither here nor there. We're going to close the book on Hockey Talk and we're going to take our quick commercial break. Before we go into our commercial break, I do want to remind you all to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick yourself up a t-shirt, whether that's normal style at the $20 you know level or soft, spa, soft style for a few dollars more. We got all kinds of logos, great stuff. Today, I am sporting the unofficial shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, the hashtag save tag team wrestling shirt. There's all kinds of other great ones. Jesus did the job. Always use your head. Various chair shot logos and some for the shows as well. If you love what we do, if you love sports, if you love entertainment and sports entertainment, head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot chair shot and buy a shirt. Support us. Help us keep great co- co- yeah, great content going on. When we come back, we will tell all of you New York Knickerbocker fans out there, while your team sucks, you're listening to the Chair Shot Radio with Patrick O'Dowd and David Elgar. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And we're back. Dave. Are you ready for this week's edition of Your Team Sucks? You suck, you jackass. Absolutely. Let's go after the Knicks. So here's the thing. You picked the New York Knickerbockers for this for this week's edition. So I'm going to cede the floor to you, sir, to explain to the world why the New York Knicks suck. Go. <laughs> well, as far as this year is concerned, uh, they're doing all right this year. They just beat the Wizards last <laughs> night, which which isn't saying much because the Wizards are they are a dumpster fire Oops. and a half. But the Knicks are just one of those teams that I don't know. how I know being a Bulls fan, you have a lot to say about them in the 90s. Uh, from my standpoint, it's like I look at the Knicks as like, yeah, you guys were relevant in like 1973. You guys are best known for a moment where Willis Reed walked out on the... Oh, Patrick's got 
Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep going. Keep you know, going, where Willis going. Reed walks out on the court, that, 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 I think they've got what? Two NBA championships, none since 1973. Even the fucking Bullets slash Wizards have a title since then, 1978. Right. So we can't really bark too loudly about that. But the last time the Knicks were relevant was what, 2013? Eight years ago was the last time they made the playoffs. A, a steady yeah. stream of crappy draft picks. None of them have panned out. The Carmelo Anthony experiment was, I would say, middle of the road as far as failure success. Yes, he got them a division title. But beyond that, when when I think of abysmal franchises in the NBA, the Knicks jump right up to the forefront as like, God, oh, you guys are terrible. Them and the Nets. And I mean, the Nets are now kind of relevant because of the big well, three. Brooklyn. Yeah, because they're in Brooklyn and not they're not the New Jersey Nets anymore. I think getting out of the right. uh, getting out of Brendan Byrne Arena or whatever the fuck it's called now um, that helped them, but yeah, the Knicks. I mean, here's the thing about them. Before I turn it over to you, you're the New York fucking Knicks, New York City. You play at Madison Square Garden. You can't field a competitive team for over almost a decade now. Yeah, the Knicks. You guys suck. You suck, you jackass. What? Well, you're right. So my hatred and dislike of why the Knicks are of how much the Knicks sucks dates back to the nineties and really one guy, one guy. Can you guess who that one guy is? John Starks, maybe John fucking Starks. That dude was a toolbox and I hated him so much. And I loved, I loved when my bulls knocked them out of the playoffs time and time again. And the one year that they knocked us out of the playoffs was, you know, when Scotty Pippen pouted at the end of a game, I think that was, was that against the Knicks? Am I getting that right? Well, I, I mean, there was that, what, two years or what was it? So Jordan ran the first three Pete, right? Jordan, 91, 92, yeah. 93. Jordan, then he steps Jordan, away. And then and the, the Rock, Knicks the, filled that. Right. The Rockets won the, the back-to-back won titles. Back-to-back. And I think that and I think the Knicks made the did the Knicks make one of those finals, they, if I do recall. They lost to Houston in game seven. In that was the right. day uh, wasn't that the day that uh wait when did OJ get arrested? Because wasn't that uh, game going on the uh, same time that the whole thing on the freeway I was think happening? It was. Yeah, you're right. I think it was. It was like ninety seven or something like that. Or yeah. ninety ninety five, ninety six. I can't I can't remember when it was off the top of my head. I remember it was either ninety four still in high school or I just graduated. Uh, I must have, I was still in high school because I remember watching the trial from the, the school's library when the decision came out. I remember being there over my lunch hour and checking out. Here's the thing. The Knicks, you, and we could go, I think, for days on various New York franchises and why they suck. Because really, when you look at it, the, the Mets haven't been anything special since the 80s. The The Knicks have had, like you said, their they. There's that scene in Coming to America where they're sitting in the barbershop talking about boxers and and the Jewish Eddie Murphy brings up Rocky Marciano and Eddie Murphy barbershop. Uh, barber goes that every you know, every time I talk about boxing, some white guy's gotta bring up Rocky Marciano. That's their one. That's their one. Willis Reed is the next one. Like that's your one. You got this one and you cling to it about how great of a legacy franchise you are. But you look at you you look at them like Spike Lee used to love you. I don't see any love from Spike Lee anymore. Now he can't go to games right now, but like it's it's been 
year after year of front office ineptitude coaching and Phil Jackson couldn't save the Knicks. Yeah, exactly. Phil couldn't save the fucking Knicks and Phil Jackson is a hell of a coach. Won titles in multiple locations and he can't save the Knicks, a former Nick or no. Yeah. He was a Nick, right? Did he play for Knicks Uh, or was he a Laker? I don't know if Phil was a Nick or a Laker. Where did he play? Now I gotta look it up because I'm I'm terrible with the NBA. But like you you raise the point, those yeah. Knicks teams that got beat by the Bulls, those were really good teams. I mean, I, I give right. them that, but they couldn't get by Michael. And yeah, he was a Nick. Yeah, he was totally a New York Nick. Phil Jackson couldn't even come home and save your franchise. That's right. <laughs> Didn't and make- yes, those Knicks teams were really really good. They were they were like the next model of the. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambier, Pistons, in my opinion, like they played very physically. They they liked they liked to try and get in your heads. Patrick Ewing just never could get over the hump, and and he's he's another one that I like. Every time I looked at him, I was like, you got punked by Bill Winnington. <laughs> and that's not a knock on Bill Winnington, but right. And then and then what they had that one year, wasn't it? Latrell Sprewell brought them to the yep. finals, and then the Spurs just made them their bitch or something like that. If I yeah, like it, it doesn't matter. Like they just they just don't win the big one. Like there and and here's my comp actually if we're looking across leagues. The New York Knicks are like the Dallas Cowboys of basketball. Like where everybody talks about them as this big time franchise and this important franchise and needs to get back to prominence and they suck year in and year out and nobody cares about them. And right. so that's it. That's that I rest my case. New York Knickerbockers, New York Knickerbocker fans, your team sucks. You suck, you jackass. Yeah, I, I got I got nothing else. I mean, you raise a great point. The Knicks need to be better. It would be great for the NBA if the New York Knicks were better. And maybe this year they're relevant enough to get to the playoffs, but they're just not good. And 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 yep. they should be able to attract one of the biggest free agents out there. But no one wants to go to New York because that place is a dumpster fire. And when you're saying that about New York... That is all the condemnation you need to say, New York, the Knicks suck. All right. So there you have it, folks. They suck. They're jackasses. And that's going to do it for this week or this Sunday, this week for us, this Sunday's edition of Chair Shot Radio. Be sure to catch every week or every day Chair Shot Radio uh, first thing in the morning for your morning commute. We have a rotating cast of characters. All of us hosts of various podcasts on thechairshot.com. Before we get out of here, let's remind you all where to find us. You can find me at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T on the Twitter. You can listen to myself and Dave every Sunday here on the Chairshot Radio, every Monday on Bandwagon Nerds, and you can catch me on Wednesdays as part of the Babyface Heel podcast with Craig DeMarco and Miranda Morales. If I ever get out of the hellhole that is my job right now. Fun. You can check me out on uh, Twitter at Attitude Ag, at Attitude AGG, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And of course, at Bandwagon Nerds on Sunday with the one and only Patrick O'Dowd, the Reverend Ray Cash, the live studio audience, PC Tunney. 90s Project continues this week. We're going to cover our best family films, family-friendly films. I shared out my, uh, I shared out the agenda in my list today, Dave. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look yet, but it's there. I, I don't think there'll be a lot of judgment on this one this time around. So <laughs> catch that. Keep up with Chair Shot Radio. 
Thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, you've been listening to Chairshot Radio on the Chairshot.com, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network.